We're just normal men. What do you mean, normal men? We're just innocent men. <laughs> Gonna throw here to Parker at the 20, at the 15, at the 10, at the 5. He is almost... He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got it in! He got it in! He got it in! Oh, doctor! Well, howdy, guys. Welcome back to the Red Ass Podcast. It is Monday, December 11th, and Roy just got done showing me some pretty darn cool golf balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Taylor May. Well, I, I mean, you know me. I'm like, one, I'm a total child, and two, having been in the Army, they have, uh, they're just golf balls, but the little kind of logos all over them is the little green Army plastic, you know, plastic green Army men, oh, which, I had, which I had like probably hundreds upon hundreds of those growing up. Oh, yeah. Didn't we all? <laughs> or, or like a, they're like the Legos of our generation. You walk around and some little sniper is sitting right next to your bed, mm-hmm. takes you down, takes you down with one step. Yeah. Well, um, and uh, so I'm Rob White, class 14. And I'm Roy May Fight, Tech Second class of 2015. Yeah. Uh, so quick question. Uh, so whenever it came to the army, man, there was always the tan ones and the green ones. Which one did you typically have as your uh, green? Quote, quote, no, they got to be green, man. They got to be green. green. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that, that's that's not even yeah, no, that's not even optional. Not even. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, th- th- those were always the fun toys, right? Like we would get stuff from right? bags of like a hundred or something like yeah. that. They like just came in ridiculous amounts. Yeah, I, I had one of those big buckets. I know I probably had like two, three hundred in that bucket. It's like good night, and and yeah, all all ranks, all everything, yeah, all the fun stuff. You remember the dude with just had the binos, like you just had the binoculars. Yeah, just had the binoculars. <laughs> like where'd I where'd I put this guy on the battlefield? Oh, well, like, he's a, he's a spotter. You just set him off over the side here. <laughs> stick him up on the bookshelf, and he's that's pretty much he's done for the day. You don't need him the rest of the time. It's not like he's gonna be shooting, you know. Nice. He's call, calling calling in artillery, ideally. Yeah, that's his idea. So, yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, it was a fun week. Uh, I know for us, I mean, holy cow! I'll, I'll touch on this for a minute. So we were in Vegas. Uh, we flew out Tuesday, didn't get back in until Friday evening. And uh, normally a Vegas run for me, uh, three days is normally more than enough. And uh, <laughs> being there for four days was definitely uh, a bit strenuous for me. It wears on you, man. Vegas just wears you down. Like once once you're no longer like 22 years old, Vegas is a, it's a whole thing. Like, mm-hmm. and and especially when you're doing kind of short shots like that, um, you know, having to fly out, fly back, and you're doing it like midweek. So, like, you're having to make kind of your own fun because the weekend generally is when everything's popping in Vegas. Right. See, but then you get to a certain point in your age where you just go to Vegas and you just sit at a roulette table for like eight hours. Yeah. And I'm going to go out to eat and just gamble the whole time. Like, I, I don't really go to shows in Vegas. We we rarely even go to the Strip anymore because mm-hmm. it's, you know, Vegas is in that rotation of bowling nationals. So it goes like Vegas, Reno, Vegas, Reno, random. It's just mm-hmm. a five-year kind of rotation. Right. Um, so thankfully, we're back in Vegas this year. We went to Reno last year. And, man, Reno is a hole. <laughs> yeah, Reno is one of those goofy, goofy towns. Uh, at least with Vegas, you know, we, we were staying at uh, Resort World. Uh, casino which is uh, in the Hilton Tower uh, that was honestly very nice um, one observation that Carson and I made it's very clean there right now like there wasn't like a lot of homeless people on the stretch uh, over there on the strip there wasn't a whole hell of a lot of 
just it, trash anywhere. It's like they really did do a good job cleaning up. And I'm not sure if that was just in response with the NFR getting ready to kick off or anything, but it, well, I'm sure it's got something to do with it. I mean, that's one of the bigger events in Vegas every year, to be honest. And oh, even yeah. if you don't, don't watch or follow, trust me, national finals rodeo is a large, large event. Yeah. And it's actually really kind of funny. So, you know, a lot of the, uh, our dealers that are running around at the tables you know, normally they're all black or whatever color scheme is going on at the various hotels almost every single hotel while we were there people were wearing flannels or pearl snaps or button-ups like you know they're they're feeling it you know feeling the spirit That's hey you know, they, they may not be the most country people but they understand what it means it's well, a very play into it yeah hey, play to your play to your crowd that's if vegas does one thing exceptionally well it's playing to the crowd oh yeah so it, it was a really cool experience. I mean, we got to, so you know, we got to play the community coffee um, kickoff party for uh, 16 of the athletes that they sponsor. So, um, you know, Haley Kinsel, who's a fighting Texas Aggie, bad ass barrel racer, multi-time champion, phenomenal. She was there. So you could talk to her? No, uh, did not get a chance to chat with her. She was, she was in and, um, oh, yeah. and, and well, it, at the end of the day, these poor people, they have so many things on their plate that aren't this party. <laughs> well, they, and they have to work. Uh, you know, when you're talking about a sport like, like rodeo, like they've got to work a lot harder to make those advertising bucks. Mm -hmm. so I'm sure during NFR week and especially the kickoff stuff, their slate is ridiculously full. Oh, yeah. Not to mention they kind of got to focus on performing. <laughs> yeah, and, and and that was the other thing. So we ended up, so when we went to this event, right, so it's, you know, they present our 16 candidates from this particular team. Uh, then we move on to uh, Tim Tebow, who spoke for about well, 45 minutes to an hour, somewhere in that range. And shockingly enough, listening to that guy for 45 minutes to an hour, and that's an, an absorbent amount of time that I will never get back. It was such a terrible speech. It was a terrible talk. And it's crazy to me because you would think Tim Tebow, longtime quarterback, commentator, uh, he is such a nice, wonderful guy with great um, – he's got great fundraising. He's got great charities. He's got all these really cool things going on. And we listened to him talk uh, for about 30 minutes of that about why he ended up picking – florida over alabama whenever he was in the initial phase but uh one thing he did say that really uh held on to us a bit was um the idea of being encouraged versus being inspired where you know encouragement's more or less you being hey, tell, told hey yo you can do this go do that whereas inspiration is something you get from somebody and it almost like tells you to go do that thing so you know you find an inspiration and take that advantage to move on to the next phase of whatever you're working on. So that was something that was pretty neat, but, um, yeah, I follow him on Twitter. He's got a lot of great messages. And like you said, he's got so much charity work that he does. Oh yeah. Um, he, he really, I mean, he's, he's the person that, you know, he claims to be, he really is. He really is. Him and, uh, David Pollock is another great follow on Twitter. For sure. So that was, that was a cool experience. Um, enjoyed getting to play, uh, didn't end up playing for a ton of people because obviously you're in there for an hour and it's hey it's time right. to go out and be social let's go gamble let's go do our thing so we ended up mostly playing for the community coffee people but they couldn't be happier with us and they appreciated what we brought to the table and excited to well, get I back mean, out there next year for sure i mean once once you 
come on, present all your athletes. We have an hour long, basically lecture from Tim Tebow. At that point, you've turned it into a miniature conference and that's not what those people signed up for. No. And it's the exact same thing that happened last year. So it's pretty clear um, that maybe down the line, they run it back again, maybe organization of how the event goes down, maybe set it up a little bit differently just so that way you're maintaining people and not, not losing them. But like I said, Vegas was cool. Um, definitely a cool experience to have with my band and uh, excited to get back out there in a more full experience next time. Right? But, well, yeah, uh, and that's kind of a, you know, that's more of a newish type thing for y'all, right? Yeah, it was our, yeah. it was the furthest west we'd been. And uh, knowing where we're trying to end up next year, you know, we're trying to play out Arizona, potentially get some more shows up there in Vegas, Nevada area, but also work our way out towards California, Oregon in particular, because there's honestly a lot of really good country music, especially on the over on the eastern portions of like Washington and Oregon. You know, there's a lot of country people on that yeah. side of the state. And between those guys and what's going on up in um, like Montana and Idaho, um, yeah, Bozeman, Montana was re- recently reviewed as one of the, like the highest level places that appreciates our type of Texas country red dirt music. So like that whole region is really starting to pop off as another hub. You know, I was about to say ripe for the picking. <laughs> yeah, ripe for the picking. So I mean, and you see it with obviously with all the Yellowstone stuff with, um, you know, a lot of the bands that are associated with that. I mean, a lot of people love you know the likes of Shane Smith and the Saints, Whiskey Buyers, those type of guys up there. So if we can break more into that market. Um, I mean, we we had a lot of people that were excited for us to be in Vegas, and we've had people for years uh asking for us to come out to arizona so there is opportunity out there we just got to get out there (laughs) well it's fun man it is fun so uh we are moving on into uh back into a little bit of football you know we had army navy this past weekend yeah uh well i think i think what's on everybody's mind around here is still, you know, the DC search. Right. So yeah. Klein, we touched on it, I think a little bit, but Klein, uh, you know, Klein was made official after we put our podcast out last week. Um, mm-hmm. I love the hire. I yeah. do. Um, uh, you know, the staff is slowly starting to fill out, you know, uh, you know, Elko hiring a general manager. Yeah. Um, it's fantastic. He picked up another guy, I think last night, something like that. He's the, oh, the guy's only job is mm-hmm. portal transfer recruiting. Yeah. So that's that's a massive add to to a staff in today's college you know college world and landscape, yeah. and yeah, there's no sense in going back and beating a dead horse. What we didn't have is what we didn't have under the last coach. But you know now all I'm worried about is things getting made right, mm-hmm. and so it looks like he's filling it out bit by bit. Not not to mention staying on the recruiting trail. Um, you know, having some commits be like, no, I'm 100 locked in. You know, after after meeting with him. Um, yeah, there's some people on on the roster. There's some kids on the current roster that he knows, and then there's, you know, there's all the recruits that uh, there's probably not a ton of them that he's met before, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm sure he's familiar with because he's. I mean, he was recruiting at Duke, right? And yep. the names we're going after, everybody would love to go after because, yep. you know, it, it, with things having changed the way they did over the last few years, um, and and you know, include the move move to the SEC. If you want to go back a decade. Mm-hmm. You know the the recruits that we need to be in for need to be the ones at the higher end of the table, right? Um, and so maybe those aren't quite the recruits that a place like Duke can land. But I'm sure he was like fully aware of these recruits. You know, all all the coaches and recruiting staffs out there are going to know 
you know, your ESPN top 300, your top 100, your top 500, those guys, they're going to know who they are. Right. And so now that he's here, he's able, first of all, because so many of those recruits are within the triangle of, you know, Houston, DFW and, and the San Antonio, Austin area, yeah. you know, the ability to go visit a ton of those recruits without having to like, it's, it's not that big of a trip, man. It's not. And no. then tack on being right next door to Louisiana. So he's obviously in more fertile recruiting grounds and he understands that because he's recruited here. No. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I think we all just still want a DC and, and I, I don't know. I don't know who it's going to be. I, I've, I've given up on even trying to guess um, mm-hmm. because I don't think at any point did the name Colin Klein come out of my mouth and here no. we are. No, so he's going to hire. He wants to hire, man. It's it's good to hear that he wants to focus on being a head coach and he wants a DC that'll call plays. Yeah. Um, not that he wouldn't be somehow involved with the defense, but you know, more from a supervisory role, one would think. Um, you know, as a head coach should be, even if you're a defensive head coach, you know, you still want to know what's going on on the offensive side of the ball. You don't want to show up on Saturday and just be completely surprised and blown away by what's happening. Um, but I, I think we're seeing him embrace that role a little bit more of really being the, the true manager of, of the football team as, yeah. as, as a whole, as opposed to, you know, just doing defense or just doing offense. Uh, I just want a name, man. And maybe yeah. there's a name that they're just hammering out the contract details. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe we're already there. So that's just, I think I'm just on board with everybody else. Like I just, I want to hire, I just want a name, man. Um, Mm-hmm. And and I'm going to trust Elko to get whatever guy that he thinks is going to do, you know, the best for us. And, you know, within kind of the parameters we're setting, we're not going to go out and spend $10 million on a DC. Um, no. So and, it's, and some of the names that have been floated out are asinine, like never what's going to happen, not going to happen. Right. Well, especially with a lot of these uh, names that people float for like lateral moves when, you know, they're already well set within wherever they're at. I mean, there's really not much to go off of with there. Uh, but, you know, with with where we're at, with what we've got going for us, I mean, I have a feeling that Elko is going to get the right guy. He's going to wrap well, in exactly who we need. Yeah, I mean, making a lateral move would be insane because there does come a point where these coaches aren't just interested in the money. And if you're a wildly successful DC, you may be eyeing a head coaching job. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to take a lateral move to go to another Division One, you know, Power Five school to do the right. same thing I'm doing. Um, so I, so I think, uh, I think the names that originally got floated out there were probably just a little shoot in the moon more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, but, but, you know, if he goes in the same route, kind of an up and comer, a hungry young guy, I, I don't, I don't care, man. I've, I've just, I'm at the point now. I don't really care. I'm not going to sit here and break down uh, a coordinator higher. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just, it's going to be a show me, you know? Yeah. Just, I, just go I, out I there and prove it. I think that's a fair spot of where we're all at. I mean, we just want to see it. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer of faith with a lot of things. Um, but obviously when it comes to football, Faith is totally fine, but I do want to see a little bit of action. I do want to see a little bit of movement. I think everybody does. I want to see results. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, that's the nice thing. Um, you know, we've got an off season to not worry about it. Yep. Um, well, some, there'll be people that'll be worrying about this literally every day until we kick off. Well, and it doesn't it doesn't help that uh, if you look at our schedule for next year, I mean, it, it is a tumultuous schedule. There's a lot of really cool things on there. Um, obviously, a lot of teams that we don't have to worry about until potentially um, if we end up, obviously, at the end of the season, uh, making it all the way to the final. There might be some interesting names there. But, I mean, as far as our normal schedule, we're not going to be dealing with Alabama or Georgia. 
you know, in, in the regular season. We've got plenty of other things on our plate that we can worry about for the short term. But well, uh, and I think and that's I think that's really the beauty of it. I mean, huh? if you're I mean, we do have what some would refer to as a favorable schedule. Yeah. Even so, in, with a lot of home games against guys like Texas, guys like Notre Dame. Yeah, and, Notre Dame, LSU, Missouri, and Texas at home. No, um, going on the road. And boy, Auburn, Florida, Mississippi State, and South Carolina. Yeah. None of those in, you know, instill any fear in you. Just kind of no. reading them off the page. Finally, finish up in 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 Jerry's world next year. Yeah. Um. So I, the schedule is favorable even for a rebuild. Yeah. And which is kind of what this is, at least at this very moment. Now, yeah. we'll know a lot more about whether or not it's rebuilding or not when it comes to the decisions of both a handful of portal players, and mm-hmm. then also, um, I think uh, I think it might be one or two guys that are still on the fence about going to the NFL. Yeah, uh, I think Shamar Turner is one of those guys. I think he, I, I would love love to have him back. Oh, but, for sure. And you know, guys yeah. like Anaya Smith, who we would once again would love to have back, but understandable yeah. why, why you go to the next level. You've done everything you needed to do here, and we couldn't be happier for you. And we know you're going right. to do great at the next level. So, like at, at the end of the day, this is always a stop. You know, this isn't a situation with the, like the NFL where you can just have a guy who's your franchise guy for years and years and years. You're going to lose those guys. That's just the natural part of college football. Well, and look, there are some guys that, quite frankly, they're in the portal, and that's okay. Like, mm-hmm. but again, the, you know, we're in we're in really the second talking season of the year, right? Yep. Because the main ones in the summer, but now with the portal and early signing day, there's another talking period. But this this time it's without rankings. So right. unless you're one of the four teams playing in the playoffs, yeah, honestly, you probably really don't even care about football at this point. Enough to just be completely deadlocked in. So it's more of a talking season. Yeah, some projections here and there, obviously with recruiting and and the portal. But yeah, it's you know we're talking obviously a little bit more because of the coaching change. Mm-hmm. But still. I mean, nothing we say right now is going to have any bearing on anything that occurs in eight months. No, and there's obviously, yeah, there's going to be a lot of moving parts between now and uh, when we're rolling into the season next year. And yeah, so uh, pl- plenty to speculate on, but yeah, I mean, it's it's basketball season. We'll get to that yeah. in a second. Um, oh yeah, but uh, you know, a couple other notables over the weekend, at least for me, Army beat Navy. Yeah, <clears throat> so they uh, they won the Commander Chiefs Trophy this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. As always, not the greatest football game ever to watch because it's Army Navy, but um, but it was still a ton of fun. You know, it's always always great to uh, you know have some people over and, and just kind of enjoy the game and um, and so Army won and uh, and then um, the Cowboys last night just absolutely dominated the Eagles. I, I thought that was one of the most encouraging performances I've seen out of a Dallas Cowboys football team in a long time. Yeah, no, they they looked great, and uh, frankly, obviously, we we know how good the Eagles are. Uh, they're not not a bad team, so that just further encourages, obviously, what's going on in Dallas uh, as they move forward. My my buddy Anton texted me this morning. He's a huge Eagles fan. He's like, dude, watching the Eagles' offense the last couple of games been watching like watching Jimbo's offense. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. Um, but now the Cowboys look good, and they look good in all phases. Um, yeah, they did. Literally all phases. You know, the, the kicker out there. Mm-hmm. With three field goals from 50 or beyond, he, he hit the 60. I think that thing might have been good for damn near 70. Well, yeah, they were saying, uh, yeah, plenty of clearance, plenty of clearance from 60, which yeah. that's always a good sign. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was it was impressive, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, and you've got to do something pretty pretty wild to impress me when you're a kicker. 
No offense. Yeah, that's one of them. Well, like I always okay. You know, quick aside. Anytime you have a guy that can like punt the ball from inside the twenty and down it inside the ten, yeah, anywhere. Oh man, those are the my best favorites. That's why we loved watching Shane Leckler, man. Yeah, um, there's a reason why he's going to be the first you know, Hall of Fame ballot kind of guy. Whenever he yeah. gets, yeah, you because know, I mean, it, as a punter, you they, know, they could. They could consider renaming the Red Guy Award if they wanted to. Oh, easy. Uh, oh, no doubt. But so yeah, fun, fun weekend. You know, as a whole, I'm tired. <laughs> the day of Army Navy game is always exhausting for me. But um, we then got turned around and watched basketball, which unfortunately, um, yeah, the A and M went out and took care of business midweek against DePaul, and you're kind of feeling good about things. Yeah. And then you go out and play Memphis and you lose by six, and it's not even that close. No, it, it, wasn't. it wasn't. It wasn't six points close. Um, it was a flurry of points right in the last like maybe 60 to 75 seconds to make it appear a little closer. Yeah. But you shoot 18% from behind the arc, and I mean, still having still having some issues with rotations on defense and and the understanding that if if there's a guy like if there's a guy that you're not rotating too fast enough and he's burning you up because he's not missing, mm-hmm. there is there has got to be some in-game adjustments. And that can't just come from the bench. No. Like as a player, you should sit there and realize like this guy is torching us mm-hmm. if we don't get out to him. So anyway, we've got to rotate faster, either it's on the backside or up the top, top of the key. But these guys that kill you and they kill you shot after shot after shot and you have to realize that a lot of the guys that we've seen succeed against us virginia was another one um florida atlantic was another one it's not because these guys are the best shooters in the world but the shots we're giving them is like shoot around practice yeah and it it didn't help i mean I, i had a chance to actually be at the game so i got to watch it um yesterday and it was very clear uh, by the time we were getting there late in the second half. Uh, I mean, they were just starting to really be in the groove. Uh, weren't really missing from three uh, in particular. I guess uh, Jones or whatever his name was. Um, the kid was just absolutely on fire. And yeah, 21 he, in the first half. Yep, 21 in the first half. And he just looked damn good doing it. So uh, you, you do have to make those adjustments and you have to start playing off those guys if you're going to have a shot in as we move on down the line because memphis is gonna be one of those teams you know if we're a tournament team this is a team we're gonna see you know yeah you just hope that memphis plays well the rest of the year because otherwise this is a bad loss it is um i think memphis will based on what i saw but um but i mean now you're staring down the face of going to play houston cougars in on saturday yeah in houston i mean it's at the toyota center but whatever might as well be a home game yeah. I think they were a number one net. I think they're the number one net team in the country. Yeah. Like this could get really ugly and really fast because those are the kind of shooters that are that good. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what they got to do this week between now and then, but, you know, finals are in your rear view. Yep. Now, now you're at school to play basketball. Yep. And you really do need to start focusing on really locking down those three shooters because man we we are in the modern day modern day game of the three and if you're sitting in a world where you're living and dying by it and they are living by it like you're seeing teams like memphis and whatnot you really have to do a better job of locking that down because two or three here and there it's a very different ball game 
Well, what's upsetting is the teams we're playing are living by it, and we're dying by it. Yeah. We can't hit the broadside of a barn right now, and I don't know what's going on. And and some of it's shot selection, obviously. But mm. some of it's just, like, you know, Boots Boots being a little off yesterday, I don't have – like, I, I totally understand that, man. Coming off a respiratory issue, it was great to see him, you know, dress back out, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but Wade Taylor has got to try and remember whatever it is that made him Wade Taylor last year, and he needs to start doing a lot more of that. Yeah. And what I see out of him is – just an inordinate amount of shots from behind the arc when he made his living at the free throw stripe last year. Yeah. You know, he's, he's not attacking the basket as much as usual. And, and we saw that when boots was out, you know, it's tough because it's a lot easier to double him because th there's a quality drop off when boots is boots isn't on the court, mm -hmm. but you still got to be able to figure it out. I mean, you're picked sec player of the year preseason, you know, you picked one of the top guards in the, in the country and you're not playing like it. And, and it happens. And I get it. Like, I'm not just, I'm not sitting here calling him a bad player, but I don't know whatever mojo he had last year, he seems to have lost it somehow. And I don't know, maybe it's just confidence or what, but we desperately need him to get into form. If we're going to be anywhere, what we hope to be this year. Yeah. We definitely want to see that as we're getting ready to get into sec play. Um, would I'm, like I'm to scared see, to death of this Houston game. <laughs> yeah, we we got to see how things go with Houston. I mean, hopefully uh, we do play with a little bit more spark, a little bit more passion, a little bit more drive. Uh, they did look a little kind of lead-footed to an extent, yeah. but but yeah. then on the on the flip side of things, Aggie women's basketball they won seven in a row. They're they rolling. Great. Joni Taylor got them rolling, and they, they beat they beat Kansas. Now is Kansas a name and? Maybe not as good this year. I, who knows? Maybe. Again, so so early in the season, but you were able to beat Kansas. You're on a roll, and, and winning is contagious. It is. I mean, it's just that simple. So, you know, you'd love to see for them to not only kind of stay on that roll, but because you know both of them are obviously getting into conference play. The men have uh, have what three more games, including Houston, before conference play opens. I think we open with I want to say LSU. I can't remember if it's here or there. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But getting really close to it being conference play, yeah. uh, the women have the women have a ton of games left actually before conference. Mm -hmm. um, now I'm kind of wondering if I got it wrong with the men, but let's see. Uh, women, so you got up, Houston, uh, ACU, Prairie View. Yeah, and then LSU. Yeah, so January. Yeah, January sixth, it, it starts up. Yeah, conference then, uh, play. Yep. So fourth, fourth for the women on January first. On fourth, they're going to be at Georgia. Okay, so about the same timeline. Yeah. So, well, I mean, we'll see. You know, a was picked second preseason, you know, on the men's side. Um, I, I doubt they were picked very high on the women's side, but, um, you know, there's something to be said for winning games. And and mm -hmm. and, and they're they're playing well. The, the women are, are, are playing well. Um, it's kind of another one of those where we talked about this. You know, the schedule isn't super loaded up with some of the most difficult non-conference games on the planet, right? Right. But sometimes they just have to kind of learn how to win. Well, and you're seeing it here. I mean, I'm looking at the women's scores. Uh, I mean, the lowest amount of points they've had in a game so far was 63, and that was that Kansas win. Uh, you know, and well, that's – and they did have – anytime they've been over the 60-point mark, they've won the game. The only game they lost, they were at 58, and they lost to Purdue. So they've Well, been yeah, playing. I'm fairly sure Purdue's going to be pretty good. 
No, yeah. So they've been producing well. And, you know, they've had multiple games where they're getting 80-plus points. So uh, you got to like where the girls are looking as far as their scoring. And even defensively, you know, last couple of games, they've really held up. Like Robert Morris, he held them to 36. You like to see that. So Mm -hmm. couldn't couldn't be happier with the way the women are playing right now. Uh, It's it's those do-what-you're-supposed-to-do games. Exactly. Yeah, you should get into the 80s and you should hold them around 40. That's just kind of how the women's game is because there's a massive drop. Like, there's there's, like – there's a massive drop off in talent when you start talking about, um, and, and you see it on the men's game too. Sure. And especially some of that's just because since you're in Texas, these midweeks and these, and these non-conference, like you're playing North Texas and Corpus Christi and you know, you're playing Lamar and Robert Adeline Morris. You're playing Christian. stuff. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Just stuff. That's a lot closer to you. Yeah. Um, and there's only so many kind of bigger programs in the state, but you know, this, this isn't the year where she should have got out and scheduled Texas and scheduled Houston and scheduled Baylor. You know, um, you're already going to have it tough enough in the SEC. So yeah. um, I, I, I like how she had the schedule set up. And obviously, I love the results. That's seven straight. And, you know, you hope that you can literally be a 10 straight heading into heading into non-conference play. That'd be, that'd be phenomenal. Yeah. And, and judging by the schedule, they should. They absolutely should. Uh, next three games should be more than well within the wheelhouse of, of our ladies. I think they're going to do a great job uh, heading into a conference play. And then we've got – Pretty tough stretch right out the gate there. You know, you're going to be playing Georgia. Uh, yeah, you're going to be up against Georgia, Auburn, and then you're at LSU for that third game. And it it comes up. fast. It, it comes does. at you fast once you get to, once you get to, uh, you know, once you get to to conference play, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a definitely a, a, a whole nother level in the SEC. So not that it's the best uh, basketball conference in the land, but it's one of. And you've got number one in there. You got number seven in there right now. I mean, the fact of the matter is, you have top level talent in this conference, so you've got to really play up to that level. And you've got and you've got a club that Joni's still building. You know, she is. That that we understand that last year was just such a weird anomaly with all the injuries, and Mm -hmm. so some of these girls, even though they've been on the team, they haven't played with each other a ton because they were hurt. Exactly. And uh, so you know that combined with the the transfer stuff, I she I think she's got it moving in a great direction, and I, I, you know, I. They, I mean, they already equal their win total from last year. So there's that. Exactly. Wait, and that's you know that's already a positive step because I, I highly doubt we're going to go over for the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I've I've got confidence in them. So and we'll just kind of see because obviously you know you have the South Carolinas, you have the LSU's, so you you're going to have competition that quite frankly you'd be shocked if if we pull off those those wins kind of where the program is at in her in her kind of tenure. But um, but maybe we you know maybe this is the year where we start seeing more of you know, much better competition and beating beating some teams in the conference to put us to where that they're the teams we should be beating. Mm-hmm. You know, start elevating your play to where you are above them as a program and you are playing better than them. So it's it's exciting. I'm ex- I'm excited for women's basketball. I'm hesitant for men's. I think I think the game on Saturday could be really 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 bad. Um, it could be. And yeah, and so it's just and like like we touched on, and I think even Boots said something about it in a, in a post game conference. Uh, Post game uh, con- press conference. There you mm. go. There's a word, Troy. Um, yeah. It was it was like, yeah. He just said, man, we just we didn't create enough energy. We didn't have enough energy, and that's crazy to me that you would have somebody like Memphis coming to town. Finals are over, so the place is going to be packed, and like you've got to be able to create that energy. That's that was such a weird statement to me. Um, but if that's the case, then they better figure it out. They better figure it out in seven days because they've got to pull, they got to bring about as much energy as possible down in the Toyota Center if they want to even think about knocking off the number three team in the nation. 
Yeah. That's not going to be an easy. That's definitely not going to be an easy deal. But um, it'll damn near impossible if they keep rotating on defense the way they are. Oh yeah. So um, <laughs> unless Houston wants to go out and shoot like me, <laughs> I, I am looking at the, the rather, rather interesting bit. So it's like looking at our stats. Like we're averaging more points a game than them. We're also giving up twenty more points a game than they are. So that <laughs> tells you kind of where their their brains at. Um, yeah. And, ooh. I don't know. No, yeah, don't look at the box score for this game. Just don't. <laughs> just don't. Like, just, hey, just, you know, put on your AM gear and and, and whoop and. I'm very, very, very scared. Yeah. I'm not, pray not to excited. Praying to God. But, That's fun. But, yeah. you know, at the same time, you know, maybe they'll embrace the challenge. You have an opportunity to go on the road to the number, well, on the road ish. Um, for, it's on the road. <laughs> it's yeah, for, for tournament purposes, it yeah. won't be considered a road game. And, and quite frankly, that's kind of fair, though, because there's a ton of Aggies down in Houston, right? There are. And so that, that crowd could be very, very maroon down there. Well, well, and there's two games going on there. That's the other thing to remember. Texas is playing LSU first, uh, and then we are playing against Houston after that same building. So it's going to be a lot of rotation, a lot of people that really don't like each other all in the same building. So it should be yeah, very that's, interesting. Yeah, that's the rest of them. HPD's got some overtime slotted for Saturday. <laughs> All I know for sure is there's going to be plenty of Aggies watching that LSU Texas game, looking for some Schadenfreude on the burnt orange side. Oh yeah, well and vice versa. And vice versa, I wouldn't be shocked because what whether they like to admit it or not, Texas fans do not like Texas A and M. They they can keep keep on saying we don't care, but we know you do. Yeah, they totally don't care about us. Yeah, we're, we're, we're we look how much we don't care because we yeah. have a infinitely longer thread over here on Orange Bloods than the one thread about Oklahoma. Our Texas thread is so much longer for AM than it is for Oklahoma, but no, we don't care about AM. Well, and vice versa, neither do we, right? Well, I will fully admit, screw Texas at all points. I, you know, like, <laughs> did you maybe see that's maybe that's the difference? It's the admission of guilt. But, and I, I and I admit my guilt. Now, if you look at just quick little aside, did you see what Casey Smith posted about Championship Weekend? Like, oh, saying, gosh, like yes. yeah, uh, yeah, talking uh, about how oh, A and M fans, and I know she, I don't know if she was trying to make one point and then got flip flopped, but you know, saying oh well, Aggies, you look petty by pulling against Texas. Yeah, it's, Girl, it's not cute to root against Texas. And my friend, and then like she tried to walk it back, like that, yeah. y'all take it out of context. Like, no, homie. Like, look, I will root against Texas, and I don't care. Like, that's it. That that's right. I mean, my my general that? rule of thumb every week is, I am pulling for Texas A and M, and whoever the hell's playing Texas. That's literally how it goes every week. It doesn't matter if that's Oklahoma. It doesn't matter if it's Baylor. It doesn't matter if it's TCU. I don't care for any of those teams, but I much prefer them to win over Texas. Well, and and I think maybe if she tried to allude to this. And and this is where I exist on this kind of spectrum of of disliking Texas. Sure, I can fully admit that they're a good football team, and I can still absolutely yeah. not stand them. Yeah, I mean, here's the deal: it, like, it's it's worse. Nobody said they were bad. No, it's worse that they're great right now because we've been able to trash on them for the last decade, basically, because they've been not very good. This last decade for Texas football historically has to probably be their worst because you're talking not as close. You know, it has to be close because if you look at you know, the amount of sub 500 win seasons, the amount of non, you know, not winning titles, you know, you know what, they won one Big 12 title and the previous one to that was 09. Yeah. You know, Coaching, so if we're turnover. talking, 
yeah, we're, if we're talking like at the end of the day, Texas had been bad. So us poking at them for being bad, sure. And but now, obviously, they're good. We're still going to poke at them, but we poke at them because we don't like them. <laughs> yeah, you know. And and I will absolutely one hundred percent root for whoever they're playing. It, no, was, every it day. was super easy to root for Oklahoma State. Had no problem whatsoever. Oh yeah, not at all. I mean, I love the pokes. And I feel bad that they lost. And I understand, yeah, we're going to have to play them in a bowl game, and that's great. But I, I think that also speaks to the level of talent if you consider the Big 12 versus the SEC. Because let's say look, the number two yeah, team. Georgia going? Yeah, the number two team in the Big 12 is going to be taking on A&M in a bowl game. In the Texas Bowl. The number the two Texas team bowl. in the Big 12 is going to the Texas Bowl. The number two team in the SEC is going to the Sugar Bowl. Yep, against... You know, Florida State, which will be yeah, right. Man, I'm, I will be interested to to watch that game. I am too. I, I really do hope Florida State comes out with a little bit of a fire under their ass. I pray they do. I, I don't want them to treat kind of the similar situations what we have with Georgia in the Sugar Bowl back in, I guess it would have been 2018 or whatever it was when they lost to Texas and Texas was back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no, let's, let's, um, I, I don't want a half assed team coming out like oh well we didn't make the playoff oh this yeah, sucks. No. me and everybody's sitting out yeah no, go out well, there and go but, kick some ass but that's just what bowl season has become now and that's yeah. just something we're gonna have to embrace until they start getting rid of bowl games that's true and i don't and i don't hate bowl games as a principle because i think it's really cool for a lot of the players especially at like some of these smaller schools you look at like new mexico state if you look at like a marshall if you look at whoever you know these type of teams that you know, they're not going to make a bowl game all the time. And it's always exciting when they do. You know, it's, it's a great experience and I get yeah. it, but it's, something's going to give at some point. It because will. especially as you see as many revolving door sponsors for these bowl games, that yeah. means sponsors decided that it wasn't physically responsible to sponsor a bowl game. That's, you know, on December you know, 17th. 17th and it's <laughs> against two teams that some people can't even point out on a map. Right. You know, I mean, that, you know, that kind of thing. So it's, you know, something's going to shift, and especially with the 12-game playoffs. So I think it'll be interesting to see how that works moving forward. Yeah. Um, you know, how much does it kind of kick kick the biggest bowls in the pants, like the New Year's Six? Like, yeah. now we're going to need all those sites to play these games. Right. So, which which I, I think was the natural evolution. I think, you know, you take your New Year's Six games and you make at least, you know, two of them will be the semifinals, but the rest act kind of as a quarterfinal. I think that makes a lot of sense. Right, but – then think about how much even less value every single other bowl game has. You're right. either a playoff bowl or you're yeah. nobody gives a crap about you bowl. Yeah. Like, and I get, and I totally get it from an athlete's point of view and the ability to, you know, one, some of these teams, you know, have the extra 10, 14 days of practice, whatever it is, you yeah. know, get, be able to travel, getting the bowl swag, doing the whole bowl thing, bowl season. Like I, I get that it's fun, but the average college fan is, will rarely continue to spend time on things that have now been made to look even less important than they already were. Well, and I, and so, I always I had the excitement of bowl season because you would have the opportunity to play teams that you normally wouldn't have a shot to play. Like you know, we hardly ever schedule like ever ever Big Ten like Big Ten teams or you know occasionally an ACC team, occasionally a Pac twelve team, but we weren't really getting to see those type of matchups. And even today. You know, within the bowl season, I mean, we've been paired now with Oklahoma State at the Texas Bowl a few times. Uh, so, you know, it, it, 
we're not so your bigger, that level your of bigger fan base is now bored with it yeah exactly that's my that was my point it's like we haven't played a big 10 team since northwestern in the meineke car care bowl texas bowl back in 2011 but you're gonna start seeing that more often with the 12 team playoffs and now it really even gives the imports of these other bowls like it gives them less ground to stand on as far as anybody giving a shit about them you're right like that that's what's going to happen because on top of that hopefully the way they line it up is some of these first round games will be on campus so yeah. like are you going to watch a first round playoff game that's on campus or are you going to go watch you know the tax care or tax slayer bowl yeah. actually that's probably that's up the tier a little bit um the idaho but, potato bowl right but i mean I, I don't disagree with you i think having that but honestly having the first round on campus that's such a cool idea you know the idea of like maybe a penn state hosting like a snow game against somebody from down south that's not used to that crap. I think that's great. I want to see that. I want to see LSU go up to Penn State. I want to see so-and-so go wherever, you know. I don't want to see Penn State in the playoffs, so you, you lost me there. <laughs> I would rather not them be there. But, well, yeah, know. no, I, I, I think it's just – I don't know. And, and that's that discussion can go so many ways. I could be dead wrong, but quite frankly, it's just it, – it keeps – this entire entire thing keeps moving closer and closer to there being a break off from the NCAA, which could be both a good and a bad thing. Yeah. Um. So I, I don't know, man. I just it, it bugs me. I mean, I'll watch the AM bowl game, but probably because there's nothing else on. If there was a if there was a better bowl game on, I'd probably at least be flipping back and forth. And these TV ratings, is you know, this, the streaming service and all this stuff, you know, those numbers matter. So when you have these bowl games where there's, you know, like twenty thousand people in the stands, mm-hmm. you know, because it's Tuesday afternoon at two thirty, right? You know, during shopping slash working season, you yeah. know, in Fort Worth for the Armed Forces Bowl, like it's just and the pageantry and they and they don't ever draw back on the pageantry or the or the charity aspect of it or any of the events and all that stuff costs money. And so yeah. when you're not pulling it at the gates and you're not getting good TV coverage, you're not getting good returns. There just comes a point where, like I said, these sponsors are just going to start chucking deuces and be like, "Look, man, I mean, we were happy to be associated with it, but." This this is just such a poor investment of our time and money. Yeah. And and that's where once you have, you know, you expanded the playoffs until you expanded the number of important bowls, because mm-hmm. if you think that the orange or the sugar or the rose are important when they're not in the playoff you know circuit right now. Remember how many players pull out and don't play in this game, even yep. though it's the Rose Bowl, it's the Sugar Bowl. Right. If it's not part of the playoffs. These kids don't care. Yep. So the, the importance is, has already been, you know, the shine has already been tarnished off. Yeah. Of, of of the bowl games outside of the playoffs. So expanding them obviously is going to help those top tier bowls, mm-hmm. but I think it's going to destroy the lower tier bowls. And it probably will. And at least a good chunk of them. What are we at? 43 bowl games now? Whatever it is, it's a stupid amount of bowl games. Um, I, 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 I love bowl season. I, I really do. I think it's really nice. The, the, just from a consumer standpoint, one of my favorite things to do is be like, oh, cool. Hey, whatever football's on. It's just so much football. I love to watch football. I know it's not obviously the best thing for the players in the long run, of course, but. Maybe it's just a little selfish. I enjoy a little bit of football. It's selfish. I mean, I used to love bowl seasons because every day I could turn football on. Yeah, exactly. But and if I cared, I'd watch it. And if I didn't, it was nice background music. Exactly. So, unfortunately, uh, this that is the trend uh, as we move towards this twelve team playoff next year. But yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. You know, maybe maybe the smaller bowls find a way to um, kind of to bolster their standing, and, and maybe if, if we lop off of about eight bowls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's you're still in the mid 30s for bowls, man. That's still yeah. half a division one getting a bowl game. Yep. Um. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. 
it's, it's you know it, it's a lot like the defensive coordinator you know position announcement we'll see. Uh, you know i just sat here and got wound up about it and now that i'm done being wound up it's still gonna be the same thing and it's gonna happen on a timeline that's not mine and i'm gonna mm-hmm. have no say in the decision exactly so. Just take my hands off the wheel because I'm not in charge. I'm just yeah. gonna sit back and watch and see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just ready for the holidays, man. Ready to get my shopping done. Ready to kind of start shutting stuff down for the year. Um, yeah. that's about where I'm at. Just trying to slowly shut it down. I still got some stuff I got to do. Um, mm-hmm. got a couple of incredibly active clients that I have to, um, uh, still need, still need to work with and, and help them out. But other than that, yeah, you know, it's just kind of that slowly teetering towards the end of the year kind of, mm-hmm. you know, pace. But again, you're going to blink and it's going to be the day after Christmas. So, yeah, we've hit our point where we're definitely in our slow period. We are uh, just played the last show of the year, which was out there in Vegas. Uh, We have ourselves our company Christmas party on Thursday, which is fun. Uh, We're going to uh, while we're there, uh, it's going to be a it's going to be a work day, not just a play day. Uh, One of of the things we're doing is uh, we're filming a bunch of videos for our upcoming singles um that'll be used for all sorts of levels of promotion both for instagram tiktok youtube you just we're just going to have a lot of content for these next first two singles that we have ready to go uh so we're going to go out there and film for those do our have our little christmas party um we have uh we went ahead and got carson a present don't tell him anything uh and we're excited for him to get that but yeah, it's it's a it's been a great uh great kind of wrap up for the year because uh, the only other thing we have after that is two days in the studio to record two songs that we don't know what we're recording yet. So we got to figure out what we're recording. Yes. Uh, we're not entirely sure because you know these are the two free days we got because uh, Drake kicked us out of the studio back in September. So we're we're excited that we have these in our pocket. We're ready to oh, ready to go. We got them back. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to get those recorded, but um, uh, yeah, free studio days are never a bad deal, so we're excited to go take care of that, and then we are pretty much done until January 11th, and at that point, that's going to be a private party up in Fort Worth, then we're heading out to Odessa, because we're playing out at the uh, Sand Hill Stock Show and Rodeo out there before we wrap yeah. up the before we wrap up that weekend coming all the way back to houston to play house of blues so we're opening for um mike ryan who's one of our buddies and so that, that'll be a lot of fun as we start leaning into next year but we'll touch on all of that when we get a little bit closer sounds good and along with the singles because uh i think we have a date uh, i think it's january 19th for the first single which will be mrs lonely uh, i'm sure we'll tease that as we get a little bit closer but good that's all down the line. Yep. I'm just ready. To, I, I got some shopping I do this week. Mm-hmm. Shop, shopping and some real estate stuff. But That's always all right. fun. Well, well, I guess going to wrap it up for today. That'll wrap it up for today. I am Rob White. This is Roy May. We are the Red Ass Podcast. Thank you so much for checking us out. Be sure to catch us again next week. Uh, enjoy your shopping. Enjoy your holiday season. Gig them. And beat Hopefully. the hell out of Houston. Hopefully beat the hell out of Houston. Yeah. All right, thanks, y'all. All right. All right, gig them. <laughs>